Riverside. Welcome to Garage Takes. Thank you for our loyal listeners and new listeners alike. Those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, thank you for joining us. If you don't know anything about the podcast, we are a couple of average guys talking sports in our garages. Um, Not experts, but we definitely have opinions, and I I always like to think of our show as just hanging out with your boys, sitting around, talking sports, and having a general conversation, and that's what I think makes the show approachable for most people. So if you haven't done so already, new listener, old listener, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star rating, positive review goes a long way as well. We appreciate you guys joining in, especially as we're getting into the thick of the of the season here, week two, or week 2.5, I don't know, week zero, I guess, counts as like a, a week in college football. Um, week one happened, and now week two. And then week one of uh, NFL kicked off, too. So we got Michigan football to talk about. We got Upset City to talk about in college football. We've got the Lions to talk about. Um, and, a, and a fun little hate it or love it segment uh, that I'm excited to, to roll out tonight. So, Brant, let's start right there in the world of, of college football. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome, first of all, man. Um, Did you watch some of these games this weekend? Yeah, Dave. I actually watched the majority of the Notre Dame game, and um, you were just kind of waiting for them to turn it on there at the end and and just pull out a close victory, but nope, not going to happen in a day of upsets. And they went down. Obviously, Texas A&M went down. What a big loss. And um, Dave, I know you might know this team. I'm talking about Appalachian State here. Uh, you know, the giant slayer known as Appalachian State from Boone, North Carolina. Hey, I, I've i been telling people since 2007 that uh, this is a program to keep your eye on. Michigan fans were all too familiar with Appalachian State. And, God, it feels good to be joined in those ranks, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously, so that – that pretty much takes them out of the college football playoff picture to me. Uh, Notre Dame is well set aside. So we already have a couple teams that, to me, are out of the race, Dave. And I think a couple, of the, obviously Notre Dame and Texas A&M, were in people's college football playoff pitchers. And those dreams are already shattered. But still plenty to play for, obviously, for those teams. Um, but, yeah, man, what a great weekend of football, a college and NFL. Just a ton of fun. I know we're going to, yeah, I, I agree. I know we're going to talk about, um, you know, in the hate it or love it segment, we'll hit on the Big Ten West for just a minute. But, Brant, man, the Big Ten West is a mess. Wisconsin, so, yeah, we saw Texas A&M lose. We saw Notre Dame lose. But, like, let's not forget Wisconsin loss, I believe, to Washington State. Let's not forget Iowa dropped their game to rival Iowa State. Um, I mean, golly, it's looking like the, the Scott, I mean, it's looking like the Minnesota show, isn't it? Like it, it is. Purdue's all, Purdue already has a loss uh, to to Penn State um, in a crossover game. I it, this is just. I mean, we are only a couple weeks into this season, and the Big Ten West is a mess. And I don't know what to make of it. What were your thoughts this weekend? Doesn't uh, 
doesn't Minnesota feel like they're just going to run away with this thing? But then, Dave, don't don't just think that because Minnesota, I feel like, has a really good defense, but they haven't been tested yet. They had a couple of cupcakes to open up open up the season here, and um, I, I, I do think that Wisconsin will bounce back. Wisconsin always, it feels like they start slow, and then they kind of get better as the season goes along. Um, but that thing is not settled by any means. Obviously, you know that, but... I think it's most important to recognize that Michigan and Michigan State have not um, stubbed their toe coming out of the gate. I mean, they have been clean. They have been crisp. Um, Peyton Thorne has had a couple mishaps here and there, but um, I know you want to get into Michigan, obviously, here. Uh, Michigan was very clean on Saturday night, and it was refreshing to see an upset Saturday that they weren't bit by the bug. And uh, some of the top-tier programs, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, came out clean. Well, exactly. And, you know, say what you will about Michigan basically playing high school teams in uh, in the month of September. But the bottom line is, as you're seeing across college football, you can lose these games. It's possible. Um, doesn't always happen, but man, it's creating some some excitement and some buzz around college football, and it, ha- it had me excited. Also, had me just I was never nervous going to play Hawaii by any means, but it was like, ooh, this was just kind of a weird day for college football. Like, let's get out, let's get out of this Hawaii game unscathed, and let's just do what we need to do, take care of business, and move on to uh, to week three against Connecticut. So, Bray, I don't know about you, but Gosh, though, like as much as I love night games, and Michigan had the the night slot. It's supposed to have been an eight eight o'clock kickoff against Hawaii. It just it makes for a long day. It's like there's so much anticipation that was building up. Um, the big house was absolutely electric, and we're going to talk about probably some of those reasons why um, it wasn't because they were playing Hawaii. Yes, um, it might have had to do with the quarterback situation and just the fact that it was a night game, but. We wait all day, we get to 8 o'clock, and the game's delayed. You got lightning in the area, over an hour delay for these guys to take the field. It's well after 9 o'clock before this thing kicks off. And, I mean, I, along with you and along with all Michigan fans, have certainly seen, you know, over 100,000 people in the big house were tuned in and ready for for that game to go. And and I think that um, we, we kind of talked about it for well let's just see about every episode of garage takes this season leading up to this game was a quarterback battle and and, and we finally I believe Brant we might have gotten an answer so are you ready to get into this I think you need to hit the siren man <laughs> I think I think we need a siren <laughs> there it is the garage takes Michigan no. football no, has check- a starting quarterback Check this out. You ready? Here's the dramatic transition. Ready? Listen to this. Listen to your heartbeat. Ready? That's it. The drama is filling, but there's drama no more, folks, in Ann Arbor because we've got ourselves a starting quarterback, and it's not number 12. It's number 9. J.J. McCarthy went and did his thing as expected against Hawaii. Yes, against Hawaii. I know. I, I know for some of you listening, like, well, don't forget, it was it was just Hawaii. They're one of the worst teams in college football. I know. I get it. I'm not spending any time on that. The bottom line is is that uh, J.J. went in and did what J.J. needed to, to do, and he's been named a Week 3 starter against Connecticut, likely the starter moving forward. Um, Brant, we got a lot of answers. 
the excitement built. We've been waiting to see JJ. What did it look like to get him under center right out of the gate to lead and sustain drives down the field? Um, I, I thought it was, as Jim Harbaugh put it, nearly flawless. And maybe one of the only flaws on there is the, his uh, one incompletion, which was a drop ball by Ronnie Bell. He goes 11 of 12, 229 yards, three touchdowns, only runs the ball one time for 16 yards. I love to see that personally. We already know J.J. can run. What we what we haven't seen is him just be able to put some drives together and sling the rock around. So um, obviously those are the stats, but Brant, what do you make of this game from J.J. McCarthy? Well, I figured out that J.J. McCarthy can throw the ball, read defenses, get you into – Uh, You get your offensive line into the right pass blocking schemes or the right run blocking schemes. Um, And I think he can make the right checks at the line. Uh, I was listening to somebody else talk about you don't understand how hard it is as basically a rookie quarterback to come in there and get the cadences down and get the uh, offensive line to to read and react to you. So it was really impressive on several different levels, Dave, of what he did. and I think you saw the difference in stretching the defenses, making the right reads, and actually being able to uncork the long ball and take the top off of defenses to where now Michigan is not just a 10 or 15-yard pass away. We're actually like a 40, 50-yard pass away on the next play. So everything from the offensive scheme now kind of changes. I mean, Dave, you mentioned it. He only ran one time, and we'd love to see that because we needed to see him throw the ball. We need to see him make reads and the right reads and not just – I know we talked about people talking about him – Uh, being a turnover machine and stuff like that. We didn't see any of that, Dave. All we saw was him make the right throws at the right time. And uh, to the guys, to the receiver's credit, they caught the balls that needed to be caught. And we finally don't think our receivers are just meh. You know what I mean? Now we know that we actually got some dogs at receivers, uh, especially Cornelius Johnson that's been waiting for a game like this. I mean, he only had two catches, but man, they were two great catches for long. One was for a touchdown. One was for like a 50-yard pass that he's probably been just dreaming of. Somebody throw me a deep ball. I'm tired of running these routes without getting rewarded. Um, So that was great to see. And you know these receivers, Dave, First thing that they're always going to do, they're always going to block downfield. Like that is something that Michigan receivers are definitely known for is they're definitely going to be blocking downfield. But now we're going to see these guys get rewarded because they're going to be open and they're going to actually get a ball delivered in their bread basket, man. And I'm super excited for it. Well, and and I think that, yeah, it gets delivered right in the bread basket. But I, I think one of the main differences I saw this past weekend with J.J. McCarthy is the, the giving his receivers the opportunity to make plays. It's not just, I mean, you saw Roman Wilson, like J.J.'s first throw of the game, he, he's wide open. He's clearly beat his his guy. He just had, J.J. just had to literally throw the ball like they were in the backyard playing catch with each other. I mean, it was sweet. Don't get me wrong. Like, that couldn't have been a sweeter start to the night of uh, J.J. McCarthy. But um, it wasn't perfect, right? It wasn't like, oh, he right. ran perfectly into the end. It was like, you're that wide open. I have to hit you. Like, right. let me just get it to you. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that that was, that was cool. But, I, like, my takeaway is just looking at his ball delivery, the placement, giving his receivers the ability to make plays after the catch, leading them the right way. 
these are things that we have not always seen. Um, and it's not just Cade McNamara. It was Shea Patterson. It was the list goes on under the Jim Harbaugh era and prior to that as well. J.J. McCarthy, as we've talked about, he was a five-star recruit for, for, for a reason. He looked like a five-star quarterback. I know it's corny to say. I know that it was Hawaii, but the the zip that he puts on the ball the clean, tight spirals and the ball placement. He just looks the part of the starting quarterback at the University of Michigan. And the fact that you've got a kid who's a true sophomore that you're going to at least have this year, next year, and maybe the year after, we'll see. That's exciting to me. That's our quarterback? If he can stay healthy, that's our quarterback? Dude, how long have we been waiting to have a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy that can sling the rock, can make plays with his legs, and can can throw the ball. Um, I, I feel like this is larger than, and, and I know this is this is overreaction podcast. I, I get it, and I know I'll get slandered for it. Easy. It's one game. It's Hawaii. They're terrible. I'm telling you right now that Saturday night, turn the page, in Michigan, in this Michigan football program. Now, it was turned last year, absolutely, when they finally beat Ohio State, finally got back to winning a Big Ten championship and made it to the college football playoff. But it seems like we turned over a new leaf on Saturday. And it's like, okay, Cade, thank you for what you have done. We are ready to take this program and this team, Team 143, to new heights. And, Brand, I was telling you on the phone, we were chatting earlier, I don't know about you, but I feel like I feel different about this team. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at around and I'm seeing the Alabamas and Georgia seems to be outstanding. I'm looking at Ohio State and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm ready to play Ohio State. Like I am like, I I can't wait till the end of November. I don't know if we're going to win that game, but I sure as heck feel like we got a better chance of doing it now. I feel like we can sling that ball around. We can put some points on the board um, and, and I'm excited. And I think Michigan fans should be too. Dave, and I think the one thing that you just hit on there is win or lose, Harbaugh's putting his chips in the table, right? Like, I'm going with the guy that gives me the best chance of win. No offense to Cade McNamara, obviously, but here's the thing. We know that this is a different team. Team 143 is different than 142, right? Like, we have different strengths. This team needs to have a dynamic offense to survive the trip to Columbus. And if they have that, we have the potential to win. And I think that's what's exciting for Michigan fans is they're not going to drag their feet in there. They're going to be excited to be in there. And like I said earlier, win or lose, you know that you're giving it your best chance to win against Ohio State. Granted, Dave, he's healthy for that game. Now that's another thing that we have to talk about is J.J. McCarthy, body management, uh, sliding, getting out of bounds is going to be crucial for him to minimize the hits that he's taking Uh, or that he's taken in the past, because we've seen him taking some big hits already. Now that you're the leader of this team, that's a part of your job. That is is a a staple of what you need to do, and that is something that you watch Jalen Hurts do. Or, I'm sorry, not Jalen Hurts, I'm sorry, uh, Bryce Young. That's something you watch Bryce Young do. That's something you watch C.J. Stroud when he does scramble. He'll get out of bounds very quickly. It's something that top-tier quarterbacks – they will get their bodies out of the way because they know that the only chance they have to win a national championship is on their shoulders. So 
I do like to, I would like to see that from him a little bit more. And I think UConn will be a great test of that. And we'll see just how much they want to either run with JJ or how much JJ gets out of the way. I mean, unless you're Josh Allen and you're just like stiff arming people out of bounds and NFL like, players, I mean, whatever. Tr- <laughs> exactly. You know I mean, what I mean? That like, dude's out he, of control. But yes. He's stiff arming safeties. Yeah, ridiculous. Brand, I, I completely agree with you, though. We JJ has got to protect his body. He's got to stay healthy. He is one hit away, as any player is, from being out of this game, which, you know, just shifting out of this conversation, I think I the last thing I'll say about this, Brant, is JJ McCarthy did what Cade McNamara was unable to do with this quarterback competition, and that is he left no doubt in the minds of anybody who had a pulse watching that game, that this is his team, that he won this job outright. There are no more questions to, to ask. There, there just aren't. The, 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 uh, the case for Cade McNamara is over, in my opinion. Um, I thought it was over previously. It's really over now. Um, I feel for Cade, and that's where I want to go next. Brant, I'm going to go on just a little rant for a second. This is the Cade McNamara defense. You talk about J.J. McCarthy, starting quarterback moving forward, and we know how his game is, right? We know that he's going to take some hits, and he's one hit away from being out. And when number nine goes out, guess who you're going to need to be ready? Number 12, Cade McNamara. And Brant, I was disgusted with Michigan fans at the big house this weekend booing Cade McNamara. Now, I know it was after an interception, but Cade does not deserve to get booze like that. Shame on Michigan fans. That irritated me beyond belief. It's not good for this team. It's not good for the culture. Cade, be mad at him or his press conference last week, and you wanted J.J. so bad. Trust me, nobody's in J.J.'s camp more than I am and more than you are, Brant. But Cade McNamara did not deserve that. I think that that was disgusting of Michigan fans. And the reality is, is that, like Jim Harbaugh said, you better embrace both of these quarterbacks. You could win a championship with both. And I still agree with that. Cade has not looked good. I think that this battle got into his head. Um, He has not looked like himself. And in fact, he seems like he regressed from last year. I, I don't know if he actually did. I mean, I'm really starting to question the reports that came out of fall camp that Cade, the ball never hit the ground, that he was just outstanding. We have not seen that in these first two games. Um, he, you know, he's took two sacks, uh, not to the fault of his own necessarily, against Hawaii through the interception. I, he doesn't look like himself. It's gotten in his head. And when you go out there and you boo a kid who, guess what? You might be playing against Maryland or in a tough, uh, a tough Iowa game, and when JJ goes down, even if it's for a drive, you're going to need Cade, Cade McNamara. So put some respect on Cade's name. He was a starting quarterback that helped change the tide in this program. Now, I've said it before, we didn't win a Big Ten championship, beat Ohio State, or make the college football playoff because of Cade McNamara. It was certainly with him. His face, his number, his name will go down in history in terms of ch- changing the uh, changing the direction of this program. So I was very, very irritated with that, and I hope that Michigan fans can get it together moving forward. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Brant. I just hope it was younger fans or like the students maybe that haven't realized what Michigan hasn't been for the last 20 years. 
um, to, to see the hole that we had to crawl out of and to show our faces in certain places. So um, I think that's a big thing too. And Dave, I mean, 9 p.m. kickstart time, there was probably some alcohol influence, hopefully so. Um, and it, it, Dave, I really think you're right. It's regrettable. And it is uh, embarrassing that we would do that to one of our own. And somebody that should – he should throw an interception. We should still cheer. Like, I mean, that's that's what this guy did for you last year. And how soon we forget when you're a Big Ten champion um, what it feels like to not be one. And that can quickly get taken from you. So, I mean, I, I think it was disgusting too, Diff. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. So, um, Michigan – Host Connecticut at home this weekend, noon kickoff. Should be a good one. You're going to see J.J. McCarthy continue to get reps, get comfortable in this offense. Um, and then this is it. This is their last non-conference game before they open up Big Ten play against Maryland, which will be a home game. And the schedule really starts right there. And and, and we will certainly get into those games as, as we get closer to them. But I'm excited to see J.J. just get more reps this weekend with this offense get the defense out there more too. And just, I mean, repetition is good right now. You need all the reps that you can get. Michigan got almost a hundred guys on the field against Hawaii. Um, Jim Harbaugh is really committed to getting experience on this roster. You got to commend him for that. And part of that is just obviously scheduling cupcakes in the, in the month of September. But we've also seen these cupcakes uh, win these football games. So let, let's not forget that. Brant, ready to shift into the NFL. Let's do this. The Lions. Um, the Lions, the Lions, the Lions, Brant. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team. I want your host Philly at home. It's a winnable game. They did cover that four and a half point spread. Um, I just want to uh. remind people of that. Uh, yep, a little backdoor cover. And uh, happy to see that pull through. But. They lost, and there were some questionable clock management, questionable onside kick we'll get into, get into later, I think, in the Hate It or Love It segment. Um, they got close. They didn't quit. Dan Campbell has, has made a, that like a stamp of this team and identity is that they're never going to quit. They will claw, and they will fight, and they did just that. But at the end of the day, Brant, home opener, you take an L. And Ford Field was rocking. If you watch that game, listen to it, it felt like a playoff game. If that is any hint of what a playoff game is going to be like at Ford Field, watch out. Because it seemed like I was watching a game in Seattle or something. Like, it was wild. And I think the energy, the hype around this team, around this coaching staff is truly there. We've talked about it in previous episodes. But they fell flat. They didn't win. So, Brant, did you like what you saw in terms of improvements from last year to this year, rookies, anything like that, or is this just SOL? I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to go with non-SOL. It felt like it was moving in the right direction. It felt like it was going well at times. It felt like if you watch them game one of last year to game one of this year, it felt like improvements. And there has been improvements, Dave. One thing that hasn't improved is Jared Goff. Jared Goff continues to be Jared Goff. And that's one of the things that we talked about in the preseason, Dave, was what can he do differently 
uh, to set himself up as a leader of this team, as someone that can lead a drive to win a game. Um, and I, I felt like what was a backbreaker, Dave, was the pick six right before half. That just felt like it was just such a deflating play that happened. Um, and, and the Lions had all the energy. The Lions were able to run the ball, Dave. They were able to road grade people. Uh, the defense got stops. Jalen Hurts got his. I mean, he was able to scramble and make plays, sure. And that's an adjustment that they're going to have to make going forward. I get that. I get all that. But it goes back to number 16 at the end of the day. And I think he just was not clutch when he needed to be clutch. And it doesn't have to be at the end of the game to be clutch. You can't have mistakes like that uh, where you throw that pick six where you're off you know, you're off the same page as your receiver. Like that just can't happen. And when it happens, it's just, and he takes it back to the house. And to me, that was one of those plays that it was like, man, that, that pretty much seals it for the Lions because they don't have that, that instinctual to come back. This isn't the cardiac cats or whatever you want to say. It's not that team. This isn't Matt Stafford coming back onto the field. This is a completely different team. So I, I just think, um, it's not same SOL, but it is uh, a team that is still trying to build. They're still trying to get to where they can be recognized as a playoff team, and they're not quite there yet. And it was disappointing, Dave, and they should be pissed off. Like you should be, as a Lions fan, you should not be happy with that performance because what could have been was a 1-0 start, and it's an 0-1 start, and it should upset you. But I don't think it's same old Lions. Well, let me start on a positive. DeAndre Sanders, I mean DeAndre Swift. Man, did he not seem Barry like? DeAndre Swift, very good. He looks was like very an good. absolute. He looks, he looks like a stud. Um, if he can stay healthy, every time that dude touched the ball, magic. Um, that was exciting. Lot of potential there. Jamal Williams looked good. Loved what I saw out of the the run game, the pass game. Got better in the second half, but man, I, it was almost halftime and Jared Goff had thrown for like six yards. I mean, it was, I'm not exaggerating. That was like a stat that I looked at. I'm like, did he, he really has six yards Three for nine right now? Three for nine midway through the second quarter for six yards, Dave. Yes, you are correct. Three for nine. Pitiful. NFL Pitiful. 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 Unexcusable. Unexcusable. Um, that defense too. Oof. Man, Aaron Glenn got got uh, his butt whooped back there, and uh, that defense, Jalen Hurts did whatever he wanted. He basically did what seemed to be like the same six or seven plays, and every time took off. And when he wasn't taken off, he happened to find like A.J. Brown for a 15-yard gain when they needed it. Um, the defense was was not what it needs to be. Now, I'm not hitting the panic button on the defense yet um, by any means. Aiden Hutchinson, he's going to have some growing pains. It was clear. Um, And I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be really good, but he didn't have his best game. Um, And that's to be expected. I'm not, once again, I'm not hitting the panic button there. Um, But man, that, that, that defense giving up that many points to Philly, it seemed like they were doing whatever they wanted. And, you got to be able to get off the field and give your offense a chance. And 
Sure, you get out, you get into a shootout at the end. The Lions made a run at it as they seem to always do. And maybe that's a little bit of the SOL. That's why I wanted to, to bring that up is that to me just screams the Stafford era of the Detroit Lions. And that is get down early, have a pitiful first half, and then just pack it on in the second half. Get us all on the edge of our seats. Oh my God, we're about to do it. And then at the end of the day, you put an L in the column and you're heading off a home opener that, in my opinion, was winnable and you're 0-1. And so now you head into this next week and you've got the Commanders at home. Commanders are not a good team. Um, and you need to win this game. This 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 game is critical. You go down 0-2 and you drop two home games it, it's critical. What you're you're looking at me? You got wide eyes right now, man. What Did you just Talk call a week two game must win? My God, this guy must out here. win, must win, <laughs> must I, beat Carson. I, I, must beat Carson Wentz. You huh? have to. Okay, let you me. You have to win this game. Let me must just win. Let me just must tell you win. something, Dave. I, I don't know if if the Eagles knew this or not, but the but the Lions blueprint is pretty simple, right? They want to run it down your throat. And and that is fine for some portions of the game. But Dave, this is the NFL. This is not just you line up and then all of a sudden you beat the other team because you have a better offensive line. Now it's nice to have a good offensive line. It's great to have a good run game, but that cannot carry the carry the day. Um, your defense has to play better. You nailed it. Your your offensive weapons, I'm on St. Brown, it's got to be better. Jared Goff, you have to be better. Josh Reynolds, you have to be better. Hawk, where the hell was Hawk? Like, what what was going on? Like, can, can somebody... Wait, are we going to extend this guy? Does he really <laughs> deserve to get paid? I'm like, questioning that. No, for real. Like, he's not being, like, a, people, like, compared him to Gronkowski. I'm not seeing any of that, Dave. So, um, and the one the one bright spot on the defense that I saw, Dave, Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda showed up. Now, that was kind of nice to have a Jeff Okuda sighting. So, um, there were some bright spots. But, Dave, you say it's a must win. I'm not going to go that far. That's a little bit wild for me to say must win. Now, it's obviously a gettable game for them. It's something that they would love to have. Uh, you know, confidence building going forward. But I disagree. I, d- I don't think it's a must win for them, but I would like to see them obviously win it. I think it's a very gettable game for them. And Carson Wentz will give you chances to take six back the other way as a defense. So um, I don't know if you caught any of that Jags Commanders game, but that thing was a mess. I mean, Trayvon Walker made a play though. He made like a one-handed pick that was nasty. That was sweet. But, uh, yeah, as as you could just guess, Dave, Carson Wentz had a last-second play. You know what I mean? It was always like cardiac with Carson Wentz. So getting the commanders in your own building, yes, Dave, very gettable. I would love to see him win it, man. The reason why I say it's must-win is because it's another winnable game. And if you, and, and I consider that the, the Eagles and the Commanders games winnable. And if you don't win either of them, two home games, the Lions fans are going to bring it. They love this team. They always have. The energy around this team is there. You're going to suck the wind out of the sail. Um, and if Dan Campbell struggles to manage this clock again and makes questionable decisions, and now we're talking 0 2, traveling to Minnesota, and the uh, Vikings are legit. 
Yo, the Vikings yeah. are legit, dude. They are. So so then what? Now we're talking what? 0 and 3? Then then you host the Seahawks at home. Guess what? The Seahawks just beat the Broncos. Geno Smith looks like the MVP. Like, I'm telling you, these games, they've got to get some wins. There are no moral victories in the NFL. Yes, you want to see, and I'm not saying the I, the Lions are going to make the playoffs and that, but that should be the goal of this team. You have to get it out of your head that it's just let's just get a little bit better this year. Five or six wins, that's better. No, that's where I have us. I think as I went on the record and said, I have us at six wins. But that's you shouldn't be content there. You can't live in this world of purgatory forever. You have to not just see player development move forward. You have to put wins in the win the win and loss column. You just have to. Dan Campbell needs it. These players deserve it. These coaches deserve it. But going down 0 and 2, I'm gonna have some I'm gonna have some major question marks to be honest with you. Dave, and you're right. There is no excuses, right? Because guess what? Texans, at least they were there with the Colts. You know what I mean? You had the Texans do it. You had the Steelers win against the Bengals on the road. You had the Giants. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> you had, you had the Giants. Davis Mills. You had the Giants. Danny Dimes. I'm sorry. You had the Giants. I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. You had the Giants go to Tennessee and get a W. And, uh, I mean, obviously Seattle beats Denver. Like, what is going on? Why? Okay, Dave, you're making me believe even more. Okay, maybe it is a must win because you see these teams that are getting wins. The commanders have a win, for God's sakes. Like, get it done, right? And uh, last note on the NFL, Dave, Cowboys, probably worst team in the league. Let's just leave them out of this. That was a disaster. They're a dumpster fire. Bad football team. Yeah, rest in peace, Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, just a that, just a horrible, horrible start to the to the season. They th- that couldn't have gone any worse. But yeah, Brant, sure. We let's move on from the Lions here. Um, said what we needed to say on that, and we'll see how they fare against the uh, Commanders this weekend. Um, you ready to get into a hate it or love it segment? Let's go. Let's check it out. Yep. That, yep. That's my my trashy uh that, that's my trashy little intro just playing it from my phone there not an actual drop but uh hate it or love it. Brant, I want to ask you just a few um and then I want to get into the bets and get out of here. Hate it or love it. Dan Campbell's onside kick. What did you think? Obviously they didn't get the onside kick, but I just mean the decision alone. What did you think? Dave, I honestly loved it. I mean, I, I don't know I don't know how Dan Campbell plans to lead this team in the future or whatever, but he seems like he's already coaching like his job may be on the line. He's going for W's. I I mean, granted, they did take it in five plays later and score a touchdown, but Dan Campbell's getting everything he can to try to win these football games. I'll just leave it at this, Dave. I did love it. Hate it. Not because they didn't get it. It, at this point in the season, it's your first game of the season. Now, if we go down and we're 0-3 and now you're playing in Seattle and you're desperate for a win and you need to make a statement, go ahead and kick that onside kick. Do what you got to do to get a W on there. Game one, game one, you get it within 10 points. I I absolutely hated 
That call, statistically, from an analytical standpoint, it makes no sense at all. They got bit by it. You're right. Eagles went down, marched down, and score. Hated the call. Brant, next one. Hate it or love it. How did Jim Harbaugh play this QB situation, the QB battle through weeks one and week two? Did you hate it or did you love it? You know, Dave, on, on the original surface, I did love it. I thought it was genius. On the backside of it, I will I will say this as my answer then. I hated it because what happened on Saturday night to Cade McNamara is a result of how Jim treated this situation. So I will take the stance of, I think if J.J. was going to be your guy, and I think you and I can agree, Dave, J.J. was the guy on, on game one. You set Cade up to look like an idiot almost, uh, and, and you put him in a pressure cooker, and the kid couldn't perform, and I think his job would have been better served at being taken from him before game one and just saying, hey, Colorado State, you're going to see J.J. McCarthy to start, and Cade can try to come in and make plays or do whatever. I, I think – the booze and all of that is a result of Jim, how he handled this situation. And I think it was Jim that ended up setting up Cade to look like that. So I actually ended up hating it. I wish he would have just chose JJ from game one. That's an interesting spin on it. One that I maybe didn't necessarily consider before we started recording this. I, I cannot disagree with any of that because my answer was that I loved it. And the reason why I loved it is because as a fan I got to watch the QB competition play out. Um, I, I can't disagree with what you just said about Kate and how this how how it did shake out. Um, unfortunately for him, but I loved it because I got to watch. I got to watch this battle. I kept hearing about. I got to all I heard Brant up until week one and week two was that Cade McNamara like had no incompletions in camp and was outstanding. But JJ was really good too. That's basically what I heard and. Then I saw it play out in front of my eyes, and God, I would have to disagree with all those reports that came out. I mean, maybe those were all true, but I loved it because I got to actually see how this thing shook out. So I agree with you, but I'm going to stick with the love it. Brant, the Big Ten West is an absolute mess. It is a mess. We talked about it earlier. It's just, it doesn't even stack up to these. Hate it or love it with how the Big Ten is configured right now? Dave, Anybody that loves this is out of their head. I just think it is insanity that we continue to do this and the Big Ten thinks this is a good way to go about things. Giving seven teams that have no business being in a Big Ten championship game a spot in the Big Ten championship. Why would you not want Michigan versus Michigan State, perhaps? Why would you not want Michigan versus Ohio State again? Why wouldn't you want Michigan State versus Ohio State again? Or even Penn State in there? Four, those four teams right there, Dave, that I just named, are clearly better. Well, maybe not clearly, but I would say better than anything that Minnesota, Purdue, Wisconsin can conjure up, Iowa. Hell, Dave, put all four of them together and see if you can make an all-star team and maybe you can compete against the likes of Ohio State or Michigan right now because it's just not happening. And the way that these divisions are configured is is a slight embarrassment. And when USC and UCLA join, you have to get this figured out, whether it is you go 16 top to bottom and the top two get to play in the, in the Big Ten Championship or whatever, you go to pods or whatever you want to do. Um, it, things have to change. I absolutely hate the divisions in the Big Ten.
That's Kevin Warren's phone ringing. Ten more teams just joined the Big Ten. Um, Brant, I hate it too. You cannot disagree with that take. Let's just hope that as all these teams start to reconfigure and join the Big Ten, you know that we're going to have to reconfigure and figure this stuff out. Um, and I just cannot wait for that day because it you, you laid out some very good points. This is just a complete mess. Absolutely hate it. Last one. We talked about the non-conference schedules of Michigan in particular, um, and then Michigan State as well. Um, they do they do travel to Washington uh, this weekend, which I which I find interesting. Um, but hate it or love it, the non-conference games in September for Michigan and Michigan State. Dave, I have to go with love it, and let me explain. There are almost no incentives anymore to play big time football games. There are four spots up for grabs, and I think it's going to get even worse when there's 12 up for grabs. What incentive do you have to go play a cupcake or bring somebody in like an Appalachian State? Ask Texas A&M if they'll ever do that again. They, they're, you, you, have you found them on Michigan schedule since 2007? Like I think maybe they did play them one time, maybe. But it's you're not going to want to schedule that game every single year because you do not want those guys to come into your crib and punk you and knock you out of the college football playoff in the second week of September. It's just now your fan base is completely disengaged. You're going to have people not wanting to come to the games. It's a big deal, Dave, and I think that it's just if college football has to get something figured out in their non-conference schedule. But, yeah, that was my answer. This is a three-game preseason right now, and I, I, I just there is no incentive. You're right, and for that reason, I love it because sure, like why why not? Why risk getting these starters hurt? Why like treat it as preseason? But look at the preseason in the NFL right now. How's that working out? I mean, the, you don't even got guys playing anymore. Um, and I, I I kind of make that a equivalency to college football. Um, yeah, I why why. Why schedule these these games? What is the incentive? I I don't know. Um, go ahead. Yeah, Pittsburgh playing uh, West Virginia week one, and then turning around and playing Tennessee. I totally get it, Pat Narduzzi. I get what you're doing. You'll face you're you're the Tom Izzo of college football. Listen, that is dumb, dude. That is a terrible idea. The fact that you put your team through a West Virginia tough team, and now you want to play Tennessee in SEC school. Uh, it's just mind-blowing to me. You obviously lose that game. And now they travel to Western Michigan this week? That seems like a terrible idea to me. I mean, Western's not a, a like a, a really bad Mac school. Like, that's a decent Mac school, and you have to travel into their crib. I, I just I think it's a bad idea. They beat them last year, Dave, so, so don't tell me they can't get them. It's just you're doing too much, and, and you're ruining your chances at a college football playoff berth. That's just my two cents. Fair enough. I I just feel like, yeah, I, there's no incentive, but I also hate it because it, se- it seems like at this point, like now going into this Connecticut game as a Michigan fan, I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like, yep. I'm ready for a, a, a bigger game. Give me the litmus test. I need to see if this team's actually good or not before they jump into, uh, you know, into Big Ten games. But there, like you said, there, there's no reason to necessarily do that. But as a fan, yeah, I do hate it. I would love to see at least one of these opening games, at least one. Now, I'll call, give me a couple cupcakes to kind of, you know, sharpen the sword game. and that type of a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, wh- why but not? I, I, I need to at least. Right, right. So, all right, man. Let's before we get out of here, um, let's get into Brand's best bets. All right, Dave. So we have uh, Michigan um, playing UConn. Dave, have you looked at the spread for that game at all? I saw it was like almost 50 points, I think. Uh, yeah, so it's actually 47 and a half. Uh, you know, last week they didn't cover. Do you think that Michigan will cover the 47 and a half this week? I don't. Um, just because, I mean, do I think they could? Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, they could have last week, but they were up 42 zero at half. Uh, Jim Harbaugh put in the third and fourth stringers and fifth and sixth and ninth stringers after that. I just, I see that same blueprint here. I think Michigan gets out big. It's going to look similar to the Hawaii game. UConn's a better team, not much better, but a better team. Uh, just judging off last week alone, how it shook out. I'm not going to take Michigan to cover that. What about you? Uh, I'll take him to cover. I think that JJ is going to play longer in this game. I think he might even see some of the third quarter. Um, I think now that things are kind of settled, I think you'll see a little bit of a different ball club. Um, and I think Davis Warren is pretty dang good. I think he can actually move the ball. I think you could see some points late in the fourth. I'll take them to cover that. Um, okay. And Let's just be clear here. I think Dave and I are on the same page. We'll stay away from that game no matter what anyway. It seems kind of Absolutely. <laughs> yep. All right. So let me give you uh, Penn State traveling to Auburn. Uh, Auburn getting three and a half at home. Uh, this is a tough road test for Penn State, without a doubt. It's interesting. I mean, I don't think Auburn has played anybody. At least I'm not remembering them playing anybody in weeks one and two. I, I'd be lying if I said I've been watching Auburn football. But – They're an SEC team. Auburn's not an easy place to play. I'm not high on Penn State. I know that they beat Purdue. Plus three and a half at home. I will take that towards uh, Auburn for sure. What about you? I'll grab Auburn here as well. Their quarterback, TJ Finley, uh, pretty good quarterback. He can move a little bit. Uh, Penn State struggled at Purdue. They ended up pulling out that game on the road. Um, This is going to be a tough environment. People say all the time Auburn is actually one of the toughest places to go in the SEC, so I will give Auburn the nod on that one. Okay, MSU traveling to UW, out to Seattle, um, minus two and a half for Washington. Very interesting. Unranked Washington um, hosting number 11 in the country, Michigan State, and Washington's favored to win the game. Mm-hmm. find that very interesting. I think it tees up well for Mel Tucker and this program to go get a, a – I don't want to say a signature win, but a pretty key win as we head into a Big Ten play. I think Michigan State's going to come ready to play. I like Peyton Thorne here. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough battle. I do, um, but I'll take Michigan State plus two and a half. Okay, Dave. Update. It's just moved to three and a half. So now you're even better off. We'll we'll play it as a three and a half. So I know you're not going to change your selection. All right. That's even better. Right. For you. Right. So, so obviously, even better. I'll take plus three and a half. So we have money flowing in on Washington. Interesting. So um, I will also grab MSU with the plus three and a half. I think that's actually um, a money line of plus one thirty. You may want to play that. I, I think that they can. I think they can uh, get the actual win out there. So um, 
Dave, BYU and Oregon uh, lock up this weekend, and they're out in Autzen Stadium. Uh, Oregon minus three and a half. I don't know if you saw BYU play, but they're pretty dang good. 2-0, beat a couple of solid teams. Um, can the Ducks cover three and a half? You watched them get slacked by or- or Georgia. They did, and then they played a nobody team and put up 70 points, I think. Yeah. like So I, B, BYU uh, just beat Baylor this past week, and I I guess I guess you could say I'm high on them, high enough to take plus three and a, plus three and a half here. I think it'll be a really good game. I know Oregon can be a difficult place to, to play, but I'm going to take uh, BYU here, plus three and a half. Okay, I'll take Oregon to cover the three and a half. I think they're actually decently good. Uh, BYU has already uh, played a couple tough teams. This is just another tough game on a tough road environment. Going to Oregon is very tough. doesn't matter what time of day it is. Um, Dave, also Oregon beat Eastern Washington, who you're thinking of when you call them a nobody. Uh, who is the famous NFL player from Eastern Washington, Dave? I thought I thought you were going to say NBA player. I was going to say, isn't it Rodney Stuckey? No, no, not Rodney <laughs> Stuckey. But famous NFL player right now, Dave. Trivia time for you. Who is it? Oh, what position? <laughs> Wide receiver. Eastern Washington. God, I don't know. All right, Cooper Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's right. That is yes. right. All right. All right, uh, we got the Commanders and Lions game, Dave. We already kind of spoke about this. Um, Lions, favored by one and a half. They are the favorite. Yeah, give me the Lions. They're covering that. They're getting They're getting themselves a win. I think they're going to look a lot better this, this weekend. They're going to get me believing in this team again. I know I sounded like I dogged on them earlier. I am still pulling hard for the Lions and this coaching staff. Lions are going to go get themselves a win. Go Lions! <laughs> I will grab the Lions at one and a half as well. Um, okay, Dolphins at Ravens. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you saw Lamar, but he kind of balled out. He played pretty good. The Dolphins, eh, they beat the Patriots, took care of business. Tyreek Hill was talking a lot of smack. Uh, so do you like the Ravens to cover three and a half? No, I don't actually. Um, I, I, I'll take the Dolphins at plus three and a half. I think the Dolphins might be a, a, a decent team this year. I, I know people are not high on Tua. I know he only threw a touchdown, but guys got some weapons right now. Tyreek looked outstanding. Jalen Waddle got himself a touchdown. I, I'm not going to write off the Dolphins just yet. I, I like them plus three and a half here. What about you? I will take the Ravens to cover the three and a half. I thought Lamar looked pretty dang good. I thought their defense was the usual the usual defense you would expect from the Ravens. So I'll stick with the Ravens at home against the Dolphins to cover the three and a half. Uh, Dave, Chargers at Chiefs. Boy, could we not be any more wrong about the Chiefs last week? We were Way off the mark, dude. <laughs> how good? How good is my uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelty stack looking in our fantasy league? Come yeah. on now, give me some love there. S- solid, Whoa. solid. But you didn't bring any of that to the first game. You were like, "No, nah, it's going to take some time." I was also in that same. Yeah. Game. I was like, "I don't expect him to be very good." No, nah, they just went out and did their thing, and they looked incredible against the Cardinals and just absolutely blew the doors off. So, 
Um, Chargers, though, they look pretty good, too. So Chargers at Chiefs. Do the Chiefs cover three and a half? I'll take the Chargers plus three and a half. I think that the Chargers are a really good team. I think these are going to be two teams that maybe make a run in the AFC this year. And I'll tell you what, Brant, the Chiefs, they looked really, really good still. Um, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, like I, I think he's next up in this tier of like elite quarterbacks. Three and a half points on Thursday night football. I know this is a weird thing to just say, like, just hit the pause button here. Yeah. Thursday night games get weird. They get weird. I don't know. It, I, they're unpredictable. I just, my gut says after watching Kansas City last week to take them minus three and a half. But on a Thursday night game, Justin Herbert there, I, I think that, uh, I think they cover there. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they win, but I, I'll take them plus three and a half. I think it's going to be a really good game. What about you? I'll take the Chiefs. Um, just from what I saw on Sunday, I just was completely impressed with how they were able to do their thing. And I think one thing that you and I didn't talk about last week that maybe we should have talked about was uh, the consistency of Andy Reid and what you'll have with that coaching staff. Uh, the enemy still being there like that, that just is a, a solid, solid team. Um, so I'll take the chiefs to cover the three and a half. Um, Dave lock of the week. It has not been off to what we would consider a fast start. It's been a little bit slow out of the gates. Um, but I mean, UFC, UCF last week, right? They get two touchdowns called back. They have six unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Are you kidding me? Who has six? I'll tell you what, Brant, there's a guy out there looking for a job and his name is Scott Frost. (laughs) And if UCF wants to come a calling, (laughs) he's your guy. Maybe he can straighten out the program. No one in the history of ever has probably ever been paid to leave a building when you could have, kept him there for three weeks and not paid him $7.5 million. They want to get rid of him so bad that they gave him $7.5 million to get out of the building for the next three weeks. That's incredible. Dude, I didn't, I did not know that actually uh, you didn't a, know that? a colleague of mine just, no, I didn't realize the timing of it. shared that with me the other day. We were out talking in the courtyard and I'm like, what <laughs> they must. I mean, I, I'm going to guess that they just, the timing of this or like, look, we want to get rid of this guy. There is no better time right now. Like after this loss at home to Georgia Southern, like we cannot wait for this thing to play out another few weeks. So that is, that was a telling fire right there for sure. I mean, seven and a half million dollars is a lot of money to everyone. Like that is not just a small amount of money. Anyway, back to the lock of the week. Let's get this thing wrapped up. I'm taking Vikings at Eagles over 49 and a half. Write it down, book it. Put your mortgage on it. This thing's going over. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I like that one, Brant. If you watched Justin Jefferson this past week or you watched Jalen Hurts, oh, update, he just ran for another <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah, so, I yeah, I, I, I like that lock of the week. Um, man, let's get on out of here. We appreciate the support as always. If you have not done so already, like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, a positive review. If you got something negative, say, just text us or something. Like, don't leave that on the uh, the podcast show. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking. But, uh, no, we appreciate you guys. 
having a great time doing the show this year and cannot wait to continue to, to get further into the college football season and NFL as well. We'll see you all next time. Brant, have a good night, dude. See you. Powered by Riverside. Thank you.